0: Welcome back in, everyone, to a fabulous new Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have a fabulous new show in store for you today. And joining us to talk to us about this show, we have the writer, Frederick Glacier. He's here to talk to us about his new show, Parliament of Poets, which is playing February 15th through March 2nd at the Actors' Temple Theater. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting telecharge.com. This is a fascinating new show. We're very excited to be bringing it to you, and we cannot wait to dive more into it. So let us go ahead and welcome on our guest, Frederick Glacier. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper.
1: Well, thank you, Andrew. I'm, I'm thrilled to be with you.
0: I'm very excited to have you joining us today. I am very excited to be talking about your new work, Parliament of Poets, which is coming to New York at the Actor Temple Theater. I I, I just want to jump right into this because I want to know more about it. So could we start by having you tell our listeners a bit about what this show is about? Sure. It's set on the moon at Apollo 11
1: landing site and around the world in various major civilizations, India, China, Japan, Africa, South America, Europe, and so on. And Apollo, the Greek god of poetry, calls all the poets of the nations ancient and modern, East and West to assemble on the moon, to consult on the meeting of modern life. And the Parliament of Poets then chooses the main character known as the poet of the moon to send on a journey to all the continents and civilizations to learn from all of the spiritual and wisdom traditions how to create peace and global community on earth versus basically reality, what we have at its worst. And and on Earth and on the moon, the poets teach a global, universal celebration of life. Oh, I love the sound of that. That sounds wonderful. All, all the major characters, there are about 40 episodes in the book with about 30 major characters. Characters And each major character is like a po- one of the major poets from India or China or wherever, like uh, Vyasa in India, Dufu in China, Tolstoy in Russia, John Milton and other poets in, e- in England and so forth, and Borges in South America. And then they're all trying to enlighten the main character, the poet of the moon and teach and instruct him what he needs to write an epic story to help humanity transition towards peace and love and compassion
0: that is so wonderful what a lovely tale to be telling so i'm curious to know where did you come up like what inspired you to write this show Well, in in 1977,
1: I was 23 years old. I'm now 70, I find myself. But in 1977, I was basically an English student at a university in Michigan. And commonplace observation always is, you know, there are a lot of poets who don't know how to read their own poetry well. (laughs) And noticed in the catalog, there's a theater class and the interpretation of poetry, how to how to read it and performance. And so I thought, wow, you know, maybe I can get a little help over there. So I, I enrolled in it. I my experience was like within a, only a day or two, the instructor of this theater course said to me, why are you coming over here? And 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 then in another day or two, somebody in the English department pulls me inside and says, "Why are you going over there?" You know. So I very young. I'm 23 in the middle of 1970s, and I'm like right up against the extreme specialization of the university. I, you know, I mean, Shakespeare, for instance, did everything. He, he wasn't a specialist. You know, he, he he did everything in the theater. It's amazing to dig into that. But anyway, so... In that class, I learned that the ancient Greek rhapsodes, who would perform poetry, would perform Homer in all those great enormous amphitheaters, would also travel around the Greek world from city to city and perform in various places. And it just really fired up my imagination. And within a couple of years, I started to have this somewhere. By by the end of a couple of years, I, I kept having this thought after that class that I should write an epic poem, and then uh, perform it and revive the performance style of the ancient rhapsodes. And and of course, I was young, I really didn't know (laughs) what I was getting myself into, but it took me 30 years of study, literally, I'm not exaggerating, to figure out study and read and figure out how to bring together all the civilizations all of the religious traditions sort of the conventional major ones and the more indigenous peoples into and how to create a unifying tale about that and in 2012 i felt i was done i published it and found i was once again up against the english department which I, I had taught English for about a decade after being a, a graduate student and so forth. But I decided to leave the university because I really came to the realization, I'm never gonna be able to write my epic poem if I stay in the university. I gotta do all this kind of community service and grading papers and all the other problems. And so. Uh, Uh, So basically, that's what I did. I I felt I was following the example of, of William Blake, Whitman, others, Robert Frost, go off in the wilderness and just study and write. And that's how I really wrote my epic poem, utterly on my own, struggling with my own heart and soul. How do I do this? And when I published it in 2012, I'm back up against the English department because I find myself, people will give me six minutes to read. I, it's it's 9,100 lines, almost a 300-page book. And I'm standing there for six minutes, 10 minutes. The most I could ever get was 20 minutes. And, and I'd always feel like, oh, man, I'm not even conveying anything about this book I spent my whole life on. You know, I read 30 to 60 lines and that's it. You know, there's another 9,000 of them. So I kept remembering this experience of being in theater class and performing it. I wanted to recover a dramatic representation. I kept studying, studying what did the Rhapsodes actually do? And also all was in my head was Charles Dickens and Edgar Allan Poe, would travel all over the UK. Dickens even came to the US and he was notorious for really hamming it up and doing dramatic readings. And as was Edgar Allan Poe, who, uh, drunk at us at times. But he was in New York, he was in Baltimore and everywhere, so up and down the East Coast. And I've decided I want to conflate these two traditions. Uh, reciting from memory and the ancient rhapsodes always described what they were doing as singing Homer and reciting it and bring that together with Dickens and Poe and try to create a modern form that will work for a contemporary (laughs) audience. So about the last, I've done over 60 performances. The first 30 were kind of conventional English at the table or standing on a lectern thing. The last 30 or so. I've gone increasingly into theater and I've done s- several th- small black box theaters in Michigan, San Francisco, Toronto, Edinburgh, Scotland. I did two fringes, uh, Toronto and Edinburgh last year. Ann Arbor, Michigan, small art theater there. I did a performance. I've worked with three professional actors in downtown Detroit in the University Studio Theater, Wayne State University. Then I did five actors in Ann Arbor, Michigan at Theater Nova. Gone back and forth solo. And I'm doing solo again, but my goal is to now do exactly what the ancient rhapsodes would do. They would have, it's well documented, they would have three rhapsodes reciting and passing around the queue from one character to another. And I want, to, I, I want to do that. I, I want to go solo again here. And in New York, I'm doing solo. But the next few years, I want to bring in two actors to, as rapsodes. And then I have like 30 other characters I, I've never been able to perform. I need to get back up to a dozen to 20 or something actors and bring them in as major roles and go from... What I'm doing now, 90 minutes to two hours again. I've done two hours in the past with three actors and five, and now I want to go to three, ultimately, three-hour production, and that would allow a much wider sweep and and introduction to what the story is really like and all
0: about. That is fascinating. I love that. Now, kind of (laughs) focusing in on your upcoming premiere at the Actors Temple Theater. What has it been like developing this piece and getting it ready for that?
1: Well, Andrew, I've been doing that for the last several years, performed in parks as well, Ann Arbor, Michigan, my local city park. I've done churches, Unitarian churches, Episcopal churches, so on, and interfaith. I've participated since like 2010 here, local Michigan, my side of the metro area with an interfaith group, people from all kinds of religions, imaginable Indian temples and so forth, and Jane and whatever and so point is, is to answer that clearly is I've been doing it for the last 40 years of my life and, and but more recently it's this last several small black box theaters I, every time i keep perfecting it working on it i add another piece of equipment i add a t bar with lights a t bar with curtains i've at some point 2 or 3 years ago going into covid i added a small stage four-by-four stage, slightly raised, eight-inch stage off the ground, in imitation of what the ancient Greek rhapsodes actually did. Often, they would stand on what was called a bema, B-E-M-A. Bema is just ancient Greek for platform, and it would often have the Greek key pattern very colorful kind of geometric kind of design that's very ancient going back truly many centuries even prior to the greeks it existed in china and anyway that's what i've done i keep adding parts and developing it so i really think now i i it's this is true actually every time i perform it's it's at a greater stage of development than it's ever been. So I have five professional theater lights, this BEMA, a small speaker that is tuned in a way that is very low key, but it adds a little bass to my voice, which I like. There's a projection screen, HDMI. I have a series of about 70, some cosmic and literary projections as a backstage, the professional director I hired for the Wayne State University performance, it was his idea to kind of put in these space NASA-like, many of them NASA photos of Mother Earth, the great Apollo 11 image, and Earthrise, and then also all the cosmic, various cosmic galaxies and so forth as background to the setting of the performance And I've just worked on that forever and develop it, find a different, better picture here and there. And so I I think that's really, really very well developed now. That type of thing, I some point two or three years ago, somebody suggested to me she was a Hollywood actress and a lot of movies in Hollywood. She came back. I live in a city called Rochester outside Detroit. She came back to live with her parents because of covid, as many people all over the country did. And I hired her to work with me for a production in the park here and given COVID. And she said to me, Well, you know, instead of hiring a stage manager, you, you should buy the software. You could do this yourself. <laughs> and and I've hired though over 20 stage managers and actors in various productions along the way here, and find their help quite <laughs> necessary and helpful. I've learned so much from everybody but this australian software package handles the sound the projections and the lighting all in one package smoothly and so i've used that many times now and it's only because i'm solo and because i'm gonna uh, my goal is to go go back try try a production with three myself and two two actors as rhapsos. I won't be able to do that then. And I know when I get in 20 or 30 actors, if I can make it that far, definitely need to go major theatrical help all the way. As well as investors or shareholders, because at 70 years old, I'm retired from conventional things in life. I'm burning into my social security and assets. So doing this, but you only live once and... After 30, 40 years, that's something you're not going to let up until you're in the line for the dole or something. I don't know. A lot of poets end up, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is quite the journey. I love that. Let me ask you, is there a particular message or thought that you hope audiences take away from this piece? Well,
1: many different levels of metaphor and symbol and suggestion and nuance. To try to be pithy about it, I would say, gazing from the moon, we see one earth without borders, mother earth, her embrace and circling one people, humankind. And I think that's what we see when we look at that image of Earthrise captured by chance, by the Apollo 11. They didn't go up there to take a photo portrait of Mother Earth. It just happened. And then it was like, wow, all around the world, people were like, man, this is us. There's something symbolic. It To me, it's sort of like a Buddhist mandala or a Native American image, and basically mandalas in their own way. A cosmic map of what reality is. This is our reality. We are on this planet floating through the cosmos. And yet, we haven't gotten it in our heads yet. Einstein said that, you know, we, 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 everything's changed. He said once, everything's changed but our thinking. And still with that uh, great Earthrise image, we our thinking hasn't changed enough, although it's had tremendous impact and has helped us go forward in so many ways. Many millions all around the world have. And I, I lived in Japan for a couple of years. I've traveled all over China and elsewhere. And I, I don't think we Americans have a monopoly on, on this experience of, of opening up to a more universal in peaceful vision and view of life. And so I, I hope that Parliament of Poets in my own humble way can contribute toward that.
0: What a wonderful thought. I, I, I am over the moon about that. And a great lead into my final question for this first half, which is, who do you hope have access to Parliament of Poets? Well, as a,
1: a theater version, I've really created. Now I've come to realize for years I'm, I've created a separate work of art, really, from the 300-page book. And because I find myself piecing together things and extracting and so forth, so I I believe that the Parliament of Poets theater version at Actors Temple Theater starting February 15th. It's really open to people from all walks of life can just come into the theater and enjoy it and read it. It's not a comedy, but Don Quixote is the master of ceremonies on the moon. So there's a lot of humor and so forth. And people have always enjoyed it wherever I performed it. And so I, I hope very wide audience in New York City. And then I'd also hope that People especially who are interested in literature, poetry, philosophy, serious culture, whatever, however you want to define that, would find it really fascinating. And many, I've had about 40 reviews and blurbs over the years, and people have repeatedly said that, that. That I'm really drawing from the whole cultural literary past. Rumi is a character, for instance, from Islam, Tolstoy, various English poets, and Borghese. Octavio Paz from Mexico is one of the major characters, as is Neruda in South America and African poets and shamans. Sogolan is the great character from the Ancient Mali epic known as Sunyata. Soon one episode takes place with her and Australia, Aborigines, and so forth.
0: The second part of our interviews, we'd love to give our listeners a chance to get to know our guests a little bit better, pick their brains, if you will. And I would love to start by asking you what or who inspires you? What playwrights or composers or shows have inspired you in the past, or just some of your favorites? Well, I mentioned last year,
1: I did a couple of ad fringes. And early last year, I was also aiming for New York City already. Uh, end of March, I came, uh, went to New York and for four days and uh, looked at different theaters, thinking of renting them then. But I was so busy with ad fringes, I had to drop that that ball thereafter. But I met with actually, Ed Gaines at Actors Theatre Temple. He gave me very good advice about performing in New York and so forth. So I essentially swung back to New York in October last year, spent all of October in New York. And one of the plays I saw, I saw a number of plays while I was there, uh, one I'd really recommend is Patrick Page's All the Devils Are Here. (laughs) It was tremendous. It's down at DR2 in, uh, near Union Station and, and really re- recommend it. My, one, of, one of the major things in my own background with theater is when I was a student, I had a cl- class. I had two classes in Shakespeare, one with a scholar from Oxford, one with one, uh, somebody else from Harvard. So I had a really good introduction to Shakespeare. And then from 1998 until COVID hit, my wife and I would always go up to Stratford Festival in Canada, uh, used to be called Stratford Shakespeare Festival, whatever, and we would see two, we'd always every year, 20 years, we'd see like three plays minimum, and there are times we'd see four, five, six plays, and and as well as Shaw's Theater and many places elsewhere. But my point there really is Patrick Page really understands Shakespeare and performs his evil characters just so well. It's frightening <laughs> and informative and enjoyable. Don't miss it. He's still going to be there, I, I've noticed, on telecharge for through March. Yeah, uh, just got extended. Forward. Yeah, yeah. He, he's been extended two, three times and if you're in New York City or going into it, don't don't miss that. It's worth every penny of it. You really enjoy it. Wonderful suggestions
0: there. You know, with all of the discussion we've had, I mean, this is this really this is one of the most intelligent conversations I feel like we've had on the show. I'm curious to know what is your favorite part about working in the theater? Great question, Andrew. And this is you know I, I don't mean to be nerdy in
1: this, but this is so cool to me, is that almost nobody in Greek civilization ever wrote about the rhapsodes. So we don't know anything about it, about them, really. Only person who did was Plato. He wrote only a 10-page kind of farcical, humorous piece about uh, the rhapsodes. He meets with rhapsode name Ion. His piece is uh, the title of that Ion, Ion, and he's making fun of them and joking around with them, but there's seriousness there too. And Ion says that uh, uh, Plato asks him basically something like that, and he says, "I, I'm, I, I, I'm startled by the attention of the audience." And this is, this is 2500 years ago. this actor says he's startled then he when he's up there in front of an audience performed, he's amazed by the fact that people are paying attention to him and and I've had that experience performing. It's just amazing to me. I had that as this this young twenty three year old in that theater class. I mean, we're performing for one another. I performed an extract from William Wordsworth poem "Michael," and it was a tremendous experience. I I, I had baby powder on my hair to make me look old. Now now I don't need it. And a, and a staff and a long gown, fooling around. But anyway, I had that experience too, and I think that must be true for many actors or part. Throughout time, that you have that experience, that you have this relationship that's so psychically deep with the audience. You know, and so many actors talk about this too. You feel it. You can feel the audience. You uh, and sense and
0: uh, visceral and psychic. I love it. That is a wonderful answer. I love. I've never heard that answer before. And I absolutely love that. I had no idea about ion or anything like that, so that's amazing. I am curious to know as we've arrived now at my favorite question to ask guests: What is your favorite theater memory? My favorite theater
1: memory. Oh God, I hit so many so hard. (laughs) I'm in my mid twenties, early, and at University of Michigan I'm about I grew up about 60 miles away from the nor- other side of Detroit north side of Detroit and I see in the news or wherever it was uh, the young Vic from London is going to perform Oedipus Rex in Ann Arbor so I bought a ticket and went to it and it was the first time I ex- I was probably 23 or 4 it was first time I experienced that level of theater and it was so powerful performance and dramatic. Uh, and it was, ancient Greeks, it's so different uh, out of this world, you know, our own time, that it was just elevating experience that really is one of the major things of my whole life. And it set me down the road to interest in literature all the more in theater.
0: That is a fantastic Fantastic memory. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you. Building Thank on you. all of this, I'm curious to know, are there any other projects or productions that you have coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you? Well, well, I, I also
1: do another performance called Into the Ruins of Modernity and I've, I've written or edited 10 books, three books of poetry. Very, very much when I was young, I decided I don't want to be a poet who writes 30 or 70 books. I want to follow the example of the ancient Roman Virgil, who only wrote three books. And the first two are kind of learning how to tell a story. And then he writes his epic poem, The Aeneid. And so it's often said in literature, you. And maybe theater. That those kinds of artists, they put all their all their chips or coins on on one book, you know, They spend all their life to write this one. And being young and foolish, <laughs> that's what I did. And it ended up 30 years to do it. And now for the, you know, so now for over 12 years, I've been trying, it feels like I'm trying to carry it to humanity, my epic poem. But anyway, I, the second performance I have is Into the Ruins of Modernity. I take a book of lyric poems and a book, that's narrative poems telling a story about a uh, academic philosopher who has, kind of, wife is murdered and he kind of cracks up and reflects on all of the philosophy throughout Western civilization and Buddhism, Eastern and so forth. But it's not a conventional poetry reading, standing at a to reading. It's a dramatization like the Parliament of Poets. And I do a 90-minute performance of that. Not really going to be doing that in New York when I'm there. It's only the Parliament of Poets, but who knows? Someday uh, I can find the right setting. I'd love to do it in New York, too. I, I, I did it in Ed, Edinburgh uh, when I was there a number of times last August. And I've done it elsewhere
0: here in the Detroit area and so forth. Very cool. Well, that is a great lead into my final question, which is if our listeners would like more information about Parliament of Poets or about you, maybe they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do so? I have a
1: website, earthrisepress.net. Earthrise, just like the earth coming up over the moon, press, as in publishing press and dot net. And if you want to check out what I've got there about Apo- Apollo's Troop is the company that I have set up, theater company, for the <laughs> Parliament of Poets theater version. I'm, I, I've been doing all along and I in New York, and there's lots of in- information and recordings and so forth there. All my books are there. I've got a bio page, stuff like that, and links going out all over like everybody anymore on the internet. <laughs> Good place to start or go to telecharge.com and look at Off-Broadway Productions. And I'm in there floating around somewhere, Off-Broadway, The Parliament of Poets.
0: Wonderful. Well, Fred, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. This has been so fascinating. The show sounds amazing. And thank you so much for your insight and for your time today. Thank
1: you, Andrew. It's been great to be with you and your listeners.
0: Thank you so much. My guest today has been the writer Frederick Glacier, whose new show, Parliament of Poets, is coming to New York and playing February 15th through March 2nd at the Actors Temple Theater. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting telecharge.com. Also, Check out more information about Fred by visiting earthrisepress.net. You can see more of his works and more information, including his bio and whatnot, right there. But in the meantime, make sure you secure your tickets for this fantastic new show that's coming to the Actors Temple Theater. Get those tickets by going to telecharge.com. It's in the Off-Broadway section of telecharge.com. The show is Parliament of Poets playing February 15th through March 2nd. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez, reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod, And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our website for all things Stage Whisper and theater. You'll be able to find merchandise, tours, tickets, and more. Simply visit StageWhisperPod.com. Our theme song is Maniac